everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Half Gen Podcast. Just like last week, I'm still Chris, and this week, I've got a guest who you might recognize if you were here a few weeks ago. My dear friend. Hello, I'm Ross. Yes, Ross. Ross is here. (laughs) No, hey, it's uh, Fabian (laughs) from uh, uh, four podcasts ago. I'm uh, delighted (laughs) to be back. I've learned a lot, uh, and, and I'm, uh, <laughs> this lot. time, yeah, this time I'm going to try to stay closer to my microphone. I, I noticed last time I was doing a lot of this, it was, uh, it was a rookie mistake. So this time, uh, I think I'm going to be about halfway to my big podcast break. The consummate professional right here, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, pleasure as always to have you uh ross is on call this week and will not be joining us uh he'll be back next week and i'm sure he'll have played nothing uh no i'm kidding uh (laughs) who am i to talk i haven't played much uh this is gonna be kind of a news heavy week i feel like um yeah i haven't really good yeah like there's there's, you know there's fun stuff going on in the industry right now um I will say, I'm going to front load, let's say this. I finished Necromunda Hired Gun. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with that, Fabian, but it is a BSB game of like the highest regard. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Oh, yeah? What'd you love about it? <laughs> it is basically like it is if Titanfall and Metro had a baby with Warhammer. Hmm. <laughs> But that does sound good. Like, it is a movement shooter. There's, like, a grappling hook. Uh, there's, like, these, like, midair, like, you know, lunges and stuff like that. It, like, if you want to never touch the ground, you can never touch the ground in this game. Um, it's, like, a 9 to 10 hours. I finished it in about 10 hours, but about, like, an hour. That was me just running in circles in the main hub. Um yeah. Which always the best part, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, it's got loot, which is weird. So, like, you pick up loot during the mission, but there's no inventory. So, like, you get out of the mission, and usually I really don't like this system of, like, you get your loot, and then you leave, and you actually get to do stuff with your loot. Uh, in mm-hmm. some circumstances, like, you can pick up a gun, and you'll swap it for, like, a gun that fits in that slot in your current inventory. So, like, if you see, like, a higher rarity gun, you can just be like, oh, hold E, I'm going to use that shit right now. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can do that. Uh, so it's already better than um, Dr. Lyons. Uh, that's what we call Dr. Uh, God, I can't even say the title right. Uh, Dark Alliance. Mm-hmm. Dark Alliance is one of those games that does it the opposite way, where they hold your loot hostage until you get back and slowly claim it from a chest. Mm. Necromunda doesn't do that, thank God. Um, but yeah, like I really ended up liking, like I, like I had my favorite guns. Like I had favorite guns, you know? And... That was kind of my thing by the end of the game. I had my favorite weapons and I was using them and I kind of had a good cadence. Okay, big dudes out, bring out my big plasma rifle thing. And then, okay, bunch of little ads, pull out my V Panther, my my tier three, my yellow rarity, and I'd just be gunning them down, you know, run up for a finisher to get a quick shot of health and stuff like that. Oh, and Doom Eternal is also involved in that orgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was gonna and say. Like, that, you're definitely making the gun play. Yeah. Sound. No, no, no. Yeah. Do- that Doom Eternal is involved in that, and like it's got this crazy like synth metal soundtrack. It's just like the whole time you're fighting, it's just and then like sometimes in the background they throw a little synth in there, and I'm just sitting there like, 
yeah <laughs> i'm like shooting stuff and i'm like yo this is great <laughs> right and that's the funny part is like i have finished i finished Decker a hired gun i still am not even close to finishing doom eternal because Doom Eternal is exhausting with mechanics on mechanics on mechanics. And Necromunda yes. is just like, hey, just go around and shoot some guys. They're not that smart, but they're fun to shoot. And these guns, they feel pretty good. And as somebody who plays a lot of Destiny, I know a good feeling gun when I use it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, I think I'm a pretty good judge of that. You know, you can feel when a gun hits different and like, you know, you can get like the bolters, like what the space Marines use and like those things slow firing, but hit really hard. I ended up replacing my bolter with that crazy plasma rifle because I got like a super rare version of that, um, like uh, machine pistols, uh, plasma pistols, stuff like that. You can get everything, you know, short of like a Terminator armor, you can, you know, short of being a space Marine, it's about as good as it gets. Um so I really, sorry, I apologize. I had like a run of raid going on that and I, I wanted to put it away. Um, so th like you would love this game because it is just like grungy 40K universe. It's not the stuff you see Glitch. in like a space Marine environment. You know, when you yes. see space Marine, you're in these pristine like, oh, yes, it's the emperor's you know, manufactorum and stuff like that. And it's a well-kept thing. No, you're in the fucking dingy ass underground with these massive like city block cars, train systems, and mm. like everything is grimy and gross and awesome. And it looks incredible. It's got like that visual, like that setting that like really the atmosphere of like a Metro game. That's why I mentioned Metro because Metro has that really good look to it where everything is like grimy and gross, but you're just like, holy shit, this place looks amazing. You know, mm -hmm. it's got that. Yeah. It's got a brilliant art direction. And like, it's actually, it's not like, it's not like, you know, early two thousands shooters where it's like all like Brown and orange, brown and gray. you know? Yeah. It, it's it's very colorful you know and like you're going through all these like you got like bi bases built on like giant trash heaps and stuff like that and you're just fighting like the enemies are kind of samey for the most part but you don't really spend a lot of time with them uh there was one point on like one of the last missions where i'm just standing in this room and this one enemy kept spawning in front of me so i just kept like stabbing him in the back he kept dropping loot like money and it wasn't a ton so i sat there and i was like oh it's a, it's a loot cave and I sat there for like 20 minutes just killing this one guy over and over and over again because he just kept spawning. Uh, and it was a waste of my time, but it was great. <laughs> it's uh, The important thing is whether or not it feels like it was yeah. a waste of your time. The story but is almost entirely forgettable. Um, you're hunting down like this Silver Talon or something. See, that's the thing. I don't even remember. I just finished it. I think they're called the Silver Town. There's a bunch of like gangs involved and stuff, and they talk about a lot of things that really don't matter when you're shooting stuff. Uh, there's this really cool dude, Jado, who's like, uh, he he like knows the underground and like he's got a really good like he's got one of those voices like this, and he he's got the mask on and he's like, yeah, I could get you in there, but it's gonna be dangerous. You know, he's that kind mm. of guy. And he just always knows the way in. And he's just like, he's like, oh, I was afraid you were going to say that. All right, I can get you in, but he ain't going to like it. <laughs> and I like what you're saying, like with the kind of tone and the art direction. Like, I feel like that is that is what's 
amazing about the Warhammer universe, you know, in the grim yeah. darkness of the far future, like, there is only war, you know? So yeah, like, like when there's the kind of compulsion by these game creators to emphasize these clean and like aesthetically linear uh, uh, worlds where it's like shiny and new and it's like, Oh yeah, look how powerful this, the, the Marines are. But like, it's and like, you're never fighting. Point. You're it, never fighting Xenos. There's mm-hmm. always people. There's no orcs. There's no Tyranids. There's none of that. It is just like, you are just fighting the people who live in, they call it the underhive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, everything runs down there, you know? And it's just, it, it's so good. And then like the, the guy, you'd really like it. Cause like the guy, the artificer who like works on your weapons, he's like one of those weird, like floating skull dudes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they're called, but like he's got a bunch of appendages, and one of them is like a skull. He's like, "Oh, hello, meat bag. You come to improve your weapons?" And I'm like, Shh, "Don't call me a meat bag." Well, I mean, to him, you are. A meat <laughs> I bag. know that is that is. It, it, it's not wrong, you know. Yeah, I don't remember what they're called, but I remember the first time I saw him, and I was just like, "Oh, right, this is just okay in this universe. Like nobody looks at this and is like, oh, this dude's weird.' Everybody looks at this guy, and they're just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'm just the meat bag." Mm-hmm. nobody thinks it's weird i think it's weird this dude's just a floating skull and he's calling me a meat bag all the time and he's just like uh, have you pledged your allegiance to otissa today or whatever the god's name is the machine god or whatever uh, uh, uh russell points out tech priest tech priest thank you the tech priests <laughs> um and he's just like this floating skull and he's just like you suck meat bag get better guns bitch <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so I get better guns because I don't want to call me a bitch. <laughs> and I do feel like I would like it, but I mean, something that like when it comes to Warhammer is so integral to me. And I mean, I can't take this away from the game, but like if you had to take a random wildest guess at what race I play in 40k. Orcs. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're an orc right? boy. To, to me, it's got to be What's me guts doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm away, stupid geek. <laughs> what if I told you that every time you earned money at the end of missions, you had to pay imperial taxes? <laughs> Ooh, um, well, now now you got me. I mean, anything that's imperial is just yeah. You you pay taxes to the emperor, even in the underhive, the emperor gets his. Yeah. And it's As one of the mechanics to. I he hate the, the most. Emperor. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like yeah, you got a big bounty, and then emperor's gonna take thirty k, and it's just like why? How does he even know I'm here? But you got to pay taxes. The emperor knows all. The emperor is like literally keeping the universe together. So I think he deserves it. I guess. If he knows what I'm doing down there and he knows I'm making bank enough to be like, hey, don't forget to pay the emperor. Like, and it's cool. They have like these, they have like these posters up all over. And like one of them is for like this weapon recall. And like one of them is like these two identical soldiers. And they're like, one of these is a heretic. Can you figure out which one? And at the bottom, they have the answer upside down. And it's like, this guy is a heretic because he's asking too many questions. And the other guy is also a treacherous heretic because he hasn't reported him yet. (laughs) Exactly. It's like propaganda bullshit. And it's like all over the place. And I love it. Like there's something about how they realize this world that like, I don't care about the story. All I care about is the moment to moment gameplay and just like these little kind of world building things that like, even though I've seen them before, every once in a while I'll stop and I'll read it again and I'll chuckle. 
which is good right and i think that in a game i think it's a unique piece of media because like i think in a game you can actually get away with like a blander weaker story and like not really be detracting from the work like not every game has to be this you know storytelling masterpiece because the gameplay element is so fundamental to what makes it enjoyable right like if the story just serves the gameplay and lets you move forward in a satisfying way like it's good enough and i appreciate that yeah like this this is definitely one of those games that is like kind of greater than the sum of its parts you know and I feel like that's becoming a more common thing nowadays. I I think it's easier for a lot of developers to kind of overcome that in some cases. It's like, well, you know, our story is there and it's enough, but like we've got this incredible soundtrack and like this really great world and that's going to make the difference. Or like we've got this incredible gameplay and this brilliant world and that's going to make the difference. And this is definitely Mm -hmm. one of those games where it's like everything else just overshadows the story so much and the story is fine. It's not bad. It's just there, you know, um, mm. it, it is the thing that moves you from A to B and so on and so forth. But really, like you're there to kind of see that world. And every time they drop you in and just seeing like because like the game supports like DLSS. So you're running at, you know, high resolution. You're running at, you know, high frame rate and it just drops you in and the lighting is brilliant. And just like every time you land in a new zone, you just kind of take a second. You're like, holy shit, this game looks great. And that, that's what you need, you know, the way you are framing it, because um, like I mentioned to you briefly, like before the podcast, um, I, I recently got a, a big old change in job. So like I'm looking for, yeah, thing, Congratulations. good one. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of looking for something to sink my money into. And uh, I mean, this is yeah. not even a full price game. It's a $40 game. Ooh, $40. And then I mean, I, I got Canadian, it on sale when uh, it came out. Canadian yeah. Estanian pesos, like we're talking yeah, so like, like 60, six, no. 700. But, but uh, yeah, <laughs> 60,000 uh, <laughs> Canadian rubles. Uh, but <laughs> we can't get through a com- we get Fabian and I can never get through a conversation without making jokes about Canada. It's ever part it's of impossible. our heritage. It, yes. It's, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not a bad thing. At this point, I, I embrace it. It's just <laughs> being sorry. Another part of our, our beautiful culture. So I'm sorry for that. It's, uh, <laughs> it truly Liam. is my regret. Russell Please don't Liam conquer Liam. me. Also, lots of ice. Necro fund, uh, hired fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. But yeah, like that game, like honest to God, like when it came out, it was getting really like mixed reception. And I thought it looked interesting, but I was also a little hesitant because they're the developers of like that Space Hulk Deathwing game. Mm. Uh, which was like universally like panned when it came out and I played that and hated it. Uh, so I was very hesitant when I figured out they were the developers. I was hesitant to give them another shot. Uh, and honestly, I'm really glad I did. Like I took the chance cause it was like 15% off on steam. I said, whatever, if I don't like it, I refund it in two hours. You know, yeah. I played for like three hours. I God blew right through that. that and I was system. just like, you know, I was like, holy shit. Pardon me. I was like, holy shit. This game is great. Mm-hmm. like it is it is that perfect like again that b game and i feel like b games i'm saying that about a lot of games i think b games are making a comeback and i'm really i'm for it 
Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite games are B games. We mm-hmm. need more. The world is better with more B games. I agree. B games and the B movie, the two perfect things in this world. <laughs> Starring Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. Otherwise, yeah, as, as chat pointed out, when they criticized me saying I haven't been playing a lot of stuff, thanks, Anonymous. I have been playing uh, more Destiny. I have been rolling in Gambit. Um, I have a good time there. Uh, mm-hmm. And otherwise, we played some Park Attack last night. Oh, nice. I yeah. like Park Attack. It's, I love Park Attack. Like, don't get me wrong, I really love Planet Coaster. Um from the ground up planet coaster is a is a beautiful game that has so much utility but like parkitect is just so easy to like you haven't played it in six months but you open it and you're like oh damn right let's build ourselves a park right now and you know i, I whereas- think i think parkitect is the closest anyone has come to roller coaster tycoon yes. to that formula of depth and that's and, what we all want that's all we wanted is another. We wanted a game that was as good as Roller Coaster Tycoon. We want the same thing but better, you know. We and, want the, and... yes, exactly. We want the same thing but better, and they did it. They finally did it. Somebody made that game, and then they made co-op, and so we played it online in co-op, which is one of the best experiences ever. I need to hook uh, because, up with you for a co-op. Yo, we game, need man. to we need to do that because like we. It'll be you we, guys like managing the park properly, and me like writing lewd messages and tulips along the. So pathways. we, you never saw in our first park. So me and friend of the site Nat, um, we we made a park, CN Park, and we had this like like this hammer ride, and it just spun around and stuff. It was one of those like you know you got like a hammer, a big handle, and it just flips you around a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I painted it yellow and orange and I called it the McHammer. And then we made that section <gasps> McDonald's themed. You did show me yeah, that. I showed you that. And then the McHammer went out of control when the, when the ride broke down and it lost control and just kept spinning and spinning and spinning. Uh, the McHammer is great. And to this day, my crowning achievement in, uh, architect, uh, <laughs> I should really save that. I should save that and like upload it to the workshop yes. as the McHammer. <laughs> include the like mcdonald's <laughs> signs and stuff i'm loving it yeah exactly include the signs and stuff uh we put all these signs out <laughs> so <laughs> it was funny because we were playing last night and uh our editor tony accidentally raised the land too much so he terraformed and i didn't know he was doing it and so in this game the one thing they got wrong is the terraforming because uh-huh. in Roller Coaster Tycoon, you could just pick a section and just terraform that section. But in Parkitect, they don't let you do that because they're like, no, that's not how the ground works. And I get why they do what they do. So the ground is more of a sheet. And so he mm-hmm. lifted it, but then it lifted everything around it. And yeah. so we spent a bunch of time fixing that. So we used up most of our money. And so we are just getting by. We keep getting threatened to get shut down, but we're making just enough money. And I say, okay, we got to take out a loan. I know what to do. And so there's this created coaster. Uh, we're making a moon park because uh, the moon, it just keeps happening. Uh, and mm-hmm. we, we built this ride called Neon City. Somebody made this ride called Neon City. And we built it in our park when we really needed like a crazy coaster, like a moneymaker. You can charge like 10 bucks for this ride and people will just ride it. And it is not a great coaster. Uh, but I always, as a joke, I always change it over to Night City 
And then Nat always puts a bunch of cyberpunk signs in front of it. So we rebuilt Night City and we just started making tons of money. We repaid that loan in like a year. Oh my God. Just Night City brought in the bucks. And, you know, it's a little overrated, but it's fine. That's like <laughs> in uh, the original Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, I think it was. You just like make the go kart that's just like the little loop the, that, the, around. Yeah. The, yep. <laughs> then people will pay like incredible amount of money for this tiny little ride. We built, I built the observation tower that goes all the way to the top of the map. And like, I tr- like people would just ride that. And that had a higher intensity than like the G lock we built <laughs> because yeah, it was I mean, so Once tall. it gets high enough, you're and like, is build, this like build... structurally sound? Should I be on this it's ride? Fine. We're on the moon. It's fine. There's moon birds everywhere. <laughs> They're just flying around in one sixth gravity. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, fine. And then we had the worst RNG every other month in the game. A a park would have a problem and it would reduce like the popularity of theme parks. So the game was doing everything it could to shut us down, but we would not stop. It kept sending vandals. So we cleared nine vandals out of the park. The next month, 12 showed up. (laughs) Yeah, like immediately play, and then Chris. and then it's just like there's not enough parts ride safety will suffer and we're just like what the fuck but we just kept making money and we just kept staying alive and then ross went to bed and our luck completely changed and everything got real good oh there's a surplus of this there's a surplus of that hey so, your park is real safe hey the bus just dropped off a bunch of people for that ride you built that nobody <laughs> wants to go on yes <laughs> so ross was the problem ross was the problem Typical. That's gonna that's gonna be a title right there. Ross was the problem. That's why I watched this one's this this uh podcast seven times the views of the last one Ross was on. <laughs> Easy. Ross is the oh, problem. Man. No, Ross, you're not the problem. Please don't believe that you, you're Ross. the problem. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you're the problem though. Oh man, Ross wants to be on an episode with you. He's like, yeah, man, man, I always, I always miss vaping. <laughs> I'm so down for it. You just gotta yeah. let me know a little bit ahead of time. Yeah, I think I like uh, last time. Like I, I chatted with him, and uh, he said he wants to talk. But well, I said I want to talk basketball with him, and I think yes. he, he, he took. Uh, I said I've got strong opinions. I don't necessarily have spicy opinions, but. And they're not a lot of hot takes, but I would love to chat with him. He definitely knows his stuff, probably more than I do. I'd love to like. Uh, uh, I feel like if you guys are going to talk, if you guys are going to talk basketball, I got to convince Nat to come back on. Mm-hmm. I I gotta like maybe maybe I'll sit that episode out. I'll let you guys record <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll take a week off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, buy we'll we'll buy you a copy of 2K22 and you play a basketball game that we'll all commentate on. How's that for a special? I mean, we could do that, but <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, but I do I do want to uh, podcast with Rod, Ross though. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I've played, other than raid uh, Shadow Legends, which yeah, I, I wanted to, to play obsessively. Check in about that because uh, I've been kind of gathering opinions on it since since you got sponsored by it, and I came to the realization that it was actually like a a, a fairly decently constructed game, which it's was what I've done more than anything since I bought this. Really. This is the game I've played the most since I started playing it. 
That's what this tablet is for now. I've got a great. This is Your gonna play tablet? well on audio. Um, I've got a great like group now. I've got a bunch of like high level characters. Like this is my starter character. I got her to level sixty. I just got this miscreated monster, bro. He's level sixty. Mm-hmm. Come on, focus. <laughs> you got to do the ASMR wave in the camera. That's how you get it to focus. There you go. It's my miscreated monster guy. I got ninja. Ninja is a character in Raid Shadow Legends. Do you feel that you are coming close to a wall where it's going to start making you pay? Or have you felt I've already paid too much. I've reached a wall where I'm like, I need to stop spending money on this game. Interesting. Interesting. Here's the thing. I haven't bought anything that has not been valuable, uh, but I definitely need to not spend as much money on this game uh, because Mm. I have probably... I've definitely spent too much on this game. See, and that's where I kind of like. But you don't have to. And that's the you, thing is I was spending like, money as a shortcut. Uh, and so what I'm doing thing, now though. is I, I'm putting in the work. It's like now. this kind of engineering where the if you don't opt for the shortcut, you're like at just this frustrating level of playable where you're like not willing to put it down. But you're the also best, not satisfied. The best player in our uh, raid clan spends almost nothing on the game. Yeah. And I believe that. I do believe that. Like we're in this uh, clan versus clan. Actually, let me check that real quick. We're in this clan. So they do these clan versus clan things. Um, and we started and we were down big because they had like two players that were just smoking us. Like two players put up like 30,000 each. Um, I'm actually leading my team. I'm representing my clan. Nice. Uh, but now we've, we have come full. We were down like 50,000 to under 10,000. We are now leading almost 120,000 to 95,000. Mm-hmm. So we have okay, swung okay. hard on them. Nice. I got to get everybody to start, uh, you know, leveling up some more champions or something. Um, but yeah, so we're whooping them now. And I'm real happy. I want to kick their ass. Screw those guys. Good. And I mean, like, if you are enjoying it, like, there's nothing wrong with paying for That's a game the thing that you enjoy, right? I am right? enjoying That's... it. I, mm-hmm. I am. Like, I'm. I'm. I've played more of that than I've played Destiny. Mm-hmm. In the like since I started playing it. And like, but... I, I like, it. I like building up my team. Like, my che- my team has changed a lot. I've been working the last like week and a half to try and get like my miscreated monster to to rank six. Um, and then today I, cause of the clan versus clan, I was like, you know what? I could just level up a bunch of people and that's a way I can also help the clan versus clan stuff. I said, screw it. And so I've just been all day. I've just been ranking people up and getting like my five stars up. And I finally got him to six today and I'm like, okay, I have one more character in my main team that I need to get there. And then, you know, after that, then it's just, okay, as I need them. But yeah, I've been ranking up some of my people now, and it's actually been a lot of fun. Just like ha- having a goal other than like just progression, having that goal of like, okay, I'm going to level these dudes up so that I can do these higher level things that are going to get me more rewards so then I can do this for more characters. And then I'm like, I'm getting involved in like the faction war stuff. The faction war stuff is really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. And the thing with that is uh, you have to have characters all of the same faction. So whereas like I have this really good team, they're diverse. Uh-huh. So my best team 
does not I cannot take that team and put them in faction wars. Right. I can take like one of them can lead a team in faction wars, but you know, if I if I need an orc team, I don't use any orcs. So now I'm leveling I got like one of the starter orc guys, the 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 one you could start the game with. I unlocked him, so I've been leveling him up and he's going to lead my orc team, you know, and then I got a, a a high elf team that's led by one of the dudes from my team. Um and so now I'm kind of slowly not just leveling up like one or two characters to be really strong. I'm leveling up teams for them. And I'm like, okay, I want to get these guys together and these guys are going to be a team. So I'm going to rank them up a bunch so that they can go in and start clearing these deeper levels so that I can get better rewards. Okay. And so it's just, it's becoming more and more of a game. And I just, I keep spending time with it. Like yesterday was a slow day at work. And I was just like, I, since I got the tablet, I haven't played raid on my phone. I played raid on my phone yesterday. Mm-hmm. just because it was easier because i was sitting at the front and i was like man i'm so bored and i was like fuck it flipped on raid as well, and like right? running dungeons and stuff like sitting there and managers are walking by and flipping my phone down hey <laughs> the game keeps playing itself so it's no problem yeah it's just in my pocket like running loops on faction crypts and i'm just like yeah no it's fine <laughs> as long as i'm winning <laughs> there you go i unlocked the doom tower uh, which mm. is like this really high level activity uh, that I this the Doom Tower is half of why I'm trying to level up my main team, but then they have like these secret rooms, and the first secret room I found was like you have to do it with a team of all rares. And I was like, but they're not strong enough for this, <laughs> so now I'm leveling up an all rare team so I can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good because then like it it like encourages you to like yeah it it, it rewards you for getting more heroes champions for diversifying your investments mm-hmm. yes okay Great and Shadow then that Legends way is a manages lot like the stock to market. continue to stay engaging yes and so like, like i have my functional yeah i have my team that is like my kind of like trailblazer team they go in like when i need a good when i need my best team they're the team they're the go-to but then I've got like these backup teams and like they have like these tag arenas, which are like you build three teams and you take on three teams. So you're taking on one person and like you got to match it up like, OK, this team can beat this team. This team can beat this team. And I don't think this team can beat this team, but like you need two out of three to win. But if you win all three, you get better rewards. So it's like, OK, I'm trying to build a third team like my. I- my third team, I think when I'm done with them, my third team is going to be stronger than my second team, which is the original team I built. It's really fun. Like when I started the game, I got a bunch of like epic characters. So I built a team out of them. Yeah, and then it turns out as as I got later in the game, I realized because I got these other people. and I was like, oh, I think I built a really bad team. Oh, boy. and so I built a better team. And this team has just been kicking everyone's ass. So nice. I'm real happy. And now my original, my OG team is just like kind of chilling. They're kind of in like semi-retirement. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of over there, you know, but poor guys. Mm. Uh- <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause I, I was interesting about like that game's ability to kind of like stay um, relevant. And, you should get uh, back into it. Like in terms of, you know, because you're already saying like, oh, I spend too much. But like, I mean, I feel like a lot of us say like, oh, I spend too much on things that we genuinely enjoy. And therefore, it's like not actually all that much. But like in terms of like efficiency of like fun to dollar ratio, like if you compare it to like how much money you've put into like. Uh, I'm not upset with the amount of money I've spent on it. 
mm. except that I have spent the money. <laughs> yeah, uh, do, but for, do you when, went into it like saying you wouldn't and then you ended up doing it? No, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm trying to level up these characters. I'm trying to get this character to 60. It's like, oh, well, I can just buy these chickens and then I get all this other stuff. Then I get more energy, which means I could run more stuff. And I was like, okay, screw it. Or like there's this mini mix pack and it's $20. And I was buying that for a while. But the thing is, is it comes up every day. And I'm like, if I keep doing this, I'm going to spend $20 a day on this game. And I'm like, that's not worth it. Mm. Yeah, like at no point. At a certain point, it's like I've kind of had my moment where I spent my money and I'm like, okay, I hear because people are telling me like, yeah, I played when you know I played Genshin and I put like you know thousands of dollars into that and I'm just like I don't want to do that for Raid. I like Raid. I don't want to do that for Raid. Yeah, I Destiny like was kind of my thing. Where like anything, you know? I bought my expansion for Destiny. My I dropped my seventy dollars a year. I got my expansion plus three seasons. You know, uh, and then I would pay like I'd buy like fifty bucks worth of silver every new season to to buy stuff from Eververse because I'm like okay, I really like this game. This is how I support this game, you know? Um, yeah. I have spent my Destiny budget on Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good thing Witch and, Queen got delayed. But <laughs> <laughs> And like you'd say, like your payoff for it is like similar to what you get uh, out of Destiny. I think the, the like payoff enjoyment. is much more. So the thing is, is the payoff in Raid is much more tangible than it is in Destiny. Destiny is purely cosmetic with the exception of like the expansions, uh, you know, with the seasonal stuff and stuff. like that. I think like Destiny seasons, like the way people do battle passes, I think the way Destiny does it is better than anybody else because they tie um, the story and the mechanics into their pass. So you pay 10 bucks instead of just getting this thing that you get items from. You know, you're actually going in there and you're running these missions every week and getting like a really engaging story like the one they did last season. Uh, they actually brought uh, some of the fallen into the city, the House of Light. So they're living in the city right now um, and they were trying to stop the endless night. So you're actually going into the Vex network. You're splicing into the Vex network and you're in like this Tron like kind of environment just like fighting Vex and stuff like that. And like every week the story is developing and like over time you realize like, Oh shit, Savathun is behind this, you know, the witch queen Oryx's sister, you know, and you know, she's got her Vex that she has taken and her Vex is ordering all the Vex to do the endless night and stuff like that. But this is all building up over the course of, you know, several weeks. And it's like every week I would log in to do that story. Cause it was like really good. The season before that, it was forging an Alliance with the cabal, you know, with, emperor callus's daughter because she's like look either bow or like fight me and we're like okay we'll fight you but if we win we're cool and she's like yeah whatever dog let's go right and and like by comparison instead of getting um a, a mean worthwhile story you're instead getting, I'm getting a chickens. fast track to being I'm getting able chickens, to play which the I can game feed more. to my characters they feast they become stronger and <laughs> as such your your money is directly tied to your ability to complete the objectives and it's like are you in the camp of people who thinks that that might be like a little bit of slimy design or in your opinion is that just like fine like as long as the player feels compelled to buy it and enjoys buying it and like has a good time by using it like is it like not that bad in your opinion so this was a game that one one of the first things like our best player he got when he got invested in the game he he was a big genshin player and he played the game because i had that sponsored stream 
And, you know, everybody knows the meme of Raid Shadow Legends. It's kind of that game that everybody gets advertised. So nobody like everybody who sees the ads is like, oh, screw that game. I'm not going to play it. And I mean, then they it does actually, have like that Nord VPN yeah. like, kind of factor in it that way. Right. But the thing is, is like once you play it, you're like, OK. And one of the things he said, because he plays a lot of gotcha games, like he played a lot of Genshin and stuff. And he said in terms of gotcha games, Raid is actually much more fair than most of them. And then the way Raid does its business is not as predatory as some of the others. Because he was telling me, he's like, you know, to level a, a character in Genshin to max could take him a month, you know, or, or a month or two. And that's not counting time grinding for gear and stuff like that. And he did the math today and he said, yeah, it'd be about six days to get this character here. It'd be about two weeks to farm everything you need for them. See, I'm drawn to the, your word choices in... Um not as unfair as most and not no. as bad like the fact well, that the you thing. are always inc a little inclined to frame it that way i think that's i think that's interesting so this game one of the things he told us is there's this calculator uh that is a deal calculator and basically it you enter in like you could see a package that's worth 99 dollars and you plug in the value, you know, you plug in all the items that are in it and they assign a grade to the value of each item. And basically they come back with a rating, which is basically like, you know, how much value is in there. So they basically, they assign a monetary value to each item. So they say like a, a, a sacred shard, which has like the legendary, the highest rarity drops. Uh -huh. They assign that a value of $20. So you could get a package that has three of those and then a bunch of other stuff. And it's $60. It paid for itself just in the sacred shards. Everything else on top of that is just, you know, icing on the cake, but they basically have a thing where the value, the number that comes back is basically the value. So it's the cost. It's it's the estimated value of the items divided by the cost. So like it comes back yeah. with a number like three, which means you're getting three times what you're paying for in value. So <sighs> relative to say, what? Well, you know, based on the assumed value of these items, this is a third party. This isn't like the, the developer doing it. This is made by a group of people who, you know, are invested in the game. So like it's based on like the market value of these items. Like if you go into the shop and wanted to spend money on these, shards, okay, like you know that yeah, kind of what, thing. What your average person might be willing to spend on those equivalent yeah. items if they could just do direct track cash transactions. So yeah, so they actually discourage people from spending money even if it's a double value. So if it's a hundred dollar pack and it's giving you two hundred dollars worth of items, they actually say that that's not necessarily a good value. They usually say anything like between two and three is a fair value. Anything three and greater is a great value. And anything like higher than, you know, like four or five, they're like, you should just buy it. They're like, that's where you should be spending your money is like on stuff that's more than three times the value. Uh, so, you know. And, and a lot of the packs like that, that that mix pack that I get is like four times the value. So for 20 bucks, I'm getting like $80 worth of items, you know, and that's why, you know, I'll buy, I don't buy, I buy it like once a week at this point, you know, like once a week, I'll drop the 20 bucks, I'll get the bonus energy. And I'm like, you know, what's 20 bucks? The thing is, is when it comes I up, I mean, then, that is it's like, like probably how much I yeah. waste on Uber Eats delivery and like a, you exactly. Know, I eat in one so. extra night, you know, mm. um, 
And then the other side of that coin is just like when they come up with these things and it's like these chained offers and it's like, oh, like I bought this chained offer and it was $30, but it was like $120 worth of items. So it was like a four, it was like a 4.67 value or something. So I bought it because it had these tomes I needed to upgrade like my character's abilities. But then like there's this chained offer. So the thing is, is you keep going and then there's another chain and it's slightly more expensive, but you get a lot more items. So it's an even better value than the next chain. It's a little better. And then there's the, they show you the last price, which is always the lowest one. They don't show you the ones in the middle. So like, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying it's perfect. You know, they're not, I only bought the first part of the chain. I haven't actually bought any other parts of it. Cause I was like, mm. no slippery slope. I'm not going down there. Um, but it, it's, it's definitely like you can really get your value in that game. Uh, whereas in a lot of these games, you know, like I, I look at a game, like I used to play clicker heroes a lot. Uh-huh. Clicker heroes was a game that I did not spend. I spent like five bucks here or there. Cause it's just like, oh shit. If I just had like 60 gems, I could buy this thing. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to buy $5 worth of gems, whatever. I like this game. It was free. But like mm-hmm. the thing is, is it was one of those games where they just kind of had their store and it was like, OK, yeah, best value, hundred dollars worth of gems, you yeah. know, and it's like that's not value to me. I look at that and I'm like, no, you're asking me for a hundred dollars. Like, I don't see the value in that. Whereas in raid, I can look at that and be like, OK, so I can get this guy to this level. I can get the potential. I could get, you know, three of these, which they're doing a bonus right now. Like they're doing an event right now. And I, I've been so tempted to buy these ancient shards. They're doing a thing where within 40 openings, you're guaranteed a specific champion. And they're like, if you unlock it before you're 40, uh, we won't reset your, um, your uh, bad luck. So they're like, yeah, if you unlock him, he's not going to reset your bad luck like protection. So I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty neat. My first, my first one, I got, I, I got a bunch of them from something, or I had a bunch of them stockpiled. I opened seven of them, and my first seven, I got two other epics. And I was like, I haven't gotten an epic in forever. I got two of them in my first seven that I was just stockpiling. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's pretty neat. None of them were him, but <laughs> I was I, like, that's, that's cool in its own way. <laughs> and see you know i'm 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 feeling you on the relative assigned values you know um anything's worth what whoever will pay for it at the end of the day right i but don't oh, it's Sorry. also just hard for me to kind of take in what you're saying when i don't necessarily at least the way it hits my ear see raids um uh, the, their manner of doing this as that fundamentally different from the best value hundred gems it's just in kind of different clothing whereas on something like uh destiny or valorant where you're getting these kind of cosmetic changes you know there's a, a value that's inherent to the cosmetic in that you know this skin was very difficult for an artist to put together um, and you are paying for the expertise of that artist who put this skin together so that you might buy it. Whereas when we're talking about the, you know, buy a hundred gems and that'll let you reset your, uh, candy crush calculator, or alternatively, you know, if you have 40 of these ancient shards or I don't entirely understand how it works, I'm just doing my best to follow you, but like you're yeah. guaranteed this, uh, uh, character who will then, you know, allow you to further fulfill these numerical 
graphs and charts that are kind of disguised so, as these now here's enemies the thing, and these quests. Like full, at the end of the day, you're you're paying to get your your number up to the desired number, and I just it, yeah it. It it's it's hard. For, okay, How, did you ever hear of a game called Puzzle Pirates? No. no. Okay, so it was this browser game that existed some fifteen, maybe even twenty years ago now, and it's basically this cute little thing. You know, uh, everybody plays as a little sailor man or sailor woman, and you. Um, it was it was maybe a, a less woke woman? time. <laughs> Only the two genders back then. Um, and you could do whatever you want. You could buy a ship and get a little crew or like most people, obviously, when you start, you just go on the hire board and somebody would hire you to be on their ship. Two ships meet and then you have a little sword fight by playing puzzles or whatever. Not that important to my story. Um, so one of the cool things about this game was like one of the things you could do is just buy a vacant lot in the town and then you could just run a store out of it. Um, but then... And so you could use like credits that you'd actually pay real money for. And this would allow you to interact with the store system. Uh, And there was kind of this direct transition between the paid for currency and the in-game currency until people found out that there was this one kind of weird loop that you could make with this one particular pink blouse or something like that. And so they would just kind of buy it and sell it to each other on loop and would be able to generate the paid for currency. And this, absolutely demolished the in-game economy which had actually been like pretty good like the people with the stores were interacting with the people with the ships who were collecting loot who were paying their uh privates or whatever and then they're going to the stores and it was all like perfectly until people found out that if you just keep buying and selling this one particular blouse you can just get as much money as you want and so like the whole economy just turned into these slum shops where just people would get together and manufacture and sell this blouse to each other in a circle so that they could all get the money and then like the game like pretty much never recovered from this and when i see that kind of like okay this value doesn't really exist because at the end of the day it's just this number that you're getting to go up or down which is based on the uh progression the generated numbers based on the code of the game you know like at the end of the day how do you truly ever ascribe value to that like uh it doesn't cost them anything to have these pop-up sales there is no artist toiling away at creating the skin there is no person who got on that ship and played for eight hours to do something at the end of the day they just and they can make it come or go and to me that has always been very difficult to get myself to pay for yeah no i get you and like yeah see that's my thing is like when you talk about like you know like i've bought skins in league of legends and stuff but they have like those really like top tier skins like those like the the that have like the different animations as like you level up and things like that, that were like, you know, 80 to a hundred dollars in like real life money or something. And like, that's the thing is I would never spend that for one of those, you know, cause I, I I'm thinking about it in terms of league of legends. I'm like, what am I really getting out of this? You know, I could get a bunch of skins for all these other characters mm-hmm. or you could get this one skin and, you know, not buy groceries this week. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you know, no have a cat is, you know, raid. I, I give them something because it's like you know they do. You know, like a lot of these games. You know, they're they're putting out new characters every month and they're doing stuff to kind of keep this system alive. Like every month, they're putting out new 
champions. You know, they're putting out like four or five new champions. Uh, they're adding new content, like the doom towers, like some newer content and things like that. Um, so like, you know, they're, they're trying to keep that game feeling fresh and obviously they've done a good job because they've got a big, you know, number of players around it you know they have web they're that kind of thing that has like the websites dedicated to it to like hey here's how you should build this character and stuff like that um i don't i feel like in some cases like when you think of like i don't think they're at like this is this is a very backhanded compliment i don't think they're as predatory in 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 the sense that there's not like i don't feel like they're ever stopping you like when this thing comes up and it's like hey open 40 of these and you can get this character you can farm these shards in dungeons where you can also unlock things that you need to like ascend your characters so you can kind of kill two birds with one stone the drop rate's really low but they drop i've gotten several of them that's how i got most of the seven i opened earlier you know and so it's this thing where it's like, you know, they run it for the weekend. Of course they want people to spend money because they don't charge anything for the game. You know, if they're not charging any money, they've got to make money somehow. And, you know, in terms of an entirely free to play game, you know, I, there's a delicate balance. And I think, you know, for, for most of what they have on offer, and I'm not trying to be like a raid apologist here or anything, but for, for the most part, for what they have on offer, I think it's usually a pretty fair value. Um, there is a lot of stuff that they advertise as like this incredible value that like when you run it through that calculator, like one of the, one of the sets, it was like a hundred dollars and I ran it through the calculator and it was actually worth less than what they were charging for it. Gross. And so I was like, okay, no, I'm not going to buy that. Um, you know, and, and like that, apparently that multi mix pack, I found out that that actually changes its value. It's, it's cost goes up. If like once you buy it, it caps at 20, but like it starts off like cheaper and it gives you less items. And then like they try, they have a slightly more expensive one that has more items and then kind of judging your buying habits. Um, but it caps out at $20. They never charge more than $20 for it. And that's where you get like the most value. So, and, and I ran that and that was still a really good value. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, Raid is definitely a game that you can play for free. Will it slow you down? Yeah. You will not progress as fast as the people who are, you know, buying like, you know, the, the monthly gem packs and stuff like that, who are, you know, upgrading their gem mines and who are upgrading like their sparring pits so they can level up their characters. You're not going to get that stuff as quickly. Bless you, I think. <laughs> See, you have the decency to mute. I just turn around and go like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I let uh, the whole recording hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and in that, like, um, pardon, one second. Yeah, no worries. Oh, big sneeze. Don't mind if I do. <clears throat> uh, where That's where you get into kind of that, like, Clash of Clans territory. I don't know if you ever got into any of those games. No, that one was a little bit real bad. In terms of, like, not having good gameplay or being well, well, no, abusive like that, in their store policies? So like that how? game, I don't like the games that... Have, the one thing that Raid doesn't have that I really like is they don't have, like... The, when they timegate stuff, it's not, like, building stuff. You know, Clash of Clans, I know, is one of those games where, like, yeah. you build a building and it takes three days to build. Time Raid doesn't do that. What, hella what they do, Yeah, what they do is they timegate some areas. So, like, they'll have all these dungeons up. And then it's like, okay, so, like, this dungeon is going to be open on Thursday. This dungeon's going to be open on Friday. This dungeon's going to be open on Saturday. And you can pay gems 
which you can earn in game there. You can also buy them. Um, but I earn all the mine in game and I, I do buy the monthly gem pass. Cause like, that's the one thing that everyone who plays raid is like, listen, if you're going to play this game for more than three months, buy this thing every month, because it is the best value you can buy out of anything in the store. It's like 10 bucks. And they give you like 3000 gems, which like 10 bucks in the store gets you like, a... actually I'm curious now. Cause like this pass gave me like, I think like 3150 gems if I were to go to the shop right now and buy gems for $9.99 USD, I would get 350 gems. Whereas with this pack, where's my gem pack? This was for... Yeah, I think at the end it's like 3150 or something like that for the same $10. You get almost 10 times the value. And it's just something where you unlock like 60 of them a day. They give you a bunch up front and then you unlock them every day. And every day you click, you know, then you get more, you know. And now my thoughts are kind of branching in like two different directions. Because like when I was going to bring up that Clash of Clans um comparison like i was kind of going somewhere else with that but first i'll say like if they're able to offer this incredible value sale so frequently that that tickles me wrong like this one time i was considering going to a boxing gym and i was talking with the guy and i was like blah 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 i think it's just too expensive you know i'm not saying that your gym's not worth the money i'm just saying i don't have the money to join your gym and the guy on the spot dropped his price by 50 percent. and at that moment i decided i'm not going to this gym because if this guy's price is such that he's willing to drop it by 50 percent just because i say i don't want to spend that money like that to me is a big indicator of kind of like that businessy slime where it's like, so you were ready to mark me up 50% yeah. without thinking about it. No, he was and marking that, you up. That's the thing. He marked it down 50. He marked you up a hundred. Exactly. And so when I see games that are um, constantly having like these crazy sales, like you better buy it right now. Well, no, like it, that's in not reality, a sale. That's, they offer that every month. That's just a monthly purchase you can do. And when it runs out, you right. can buy it again. So yeah. that's like, they, you know, that's like their battle pass, but they do it monthly, you know, and then you just unlock that stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I, mis- yeah. I thought it was, I, I thought you were talking about kind of more semi-random event. I guess I misunderstood. No, there, no, no. That's just, to the it's just best of my knowledge, buy. Ray does still have yeah. that. And my criticism yeah. does still land in the same they general They do still area. have that. Not this particular item. No. Which is like, I'm, I don't, I'm, I didn't come here to come out swinging against Ray. I'm going to again yeah. say that like, it's a game that exceeded my expectations when I downloaded it. But I just kind of, you know, been thinking about like this whole pricing model thing in general a lot lately, which is kind of why I'm on it. But one thing that I see between Raid and Clash of Clans is that uh, I totally agree with you that the time gating in Clash of Clans is heckin' lame. And that was one of the reasons I didn't do it. Another reason I gave up Clash of Clans was because it bothered me that it was like fundamentally unfair that you can go up against someone whose buildings are just plain stronger than yours. Like, I feel like that should never happen. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, Clash of Clans was a nice little tactical strategic game. And the thing that you were 
most oft paying for was the opportunity to continue playing it. Whereas with Raid, uh, the thing that they're offering a lot of the time is rather than making you pay or bringing you on board so that you can play for longer and stop being locked out, what they want you to pay for is things that are going to reduce the amount of time that you have to play the game. And it just strikes me as kind of those hacking mini games that you'll see in a lot of things where like the way to upgrade it, like the, the reward of upgrading it is that you have to play fewer hacking games. You know, I see this in raid as well. And I'm like, if you, if your reward to me is that I do less of something like, isn't that kind of it? be smirching your product like telling me that like this product or this game or this function which is so crucial to what exists as the game you're rewarded by not engaging with it it's like hey if you pay me six dollars you'll have to run fewer dungeons rather than hey if you pay me six dollars maybe i'll let you play another three games tonight you know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, for, for the most part, I wouldn't say that, you know, you're 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 not necessarily paying not to play the game. You're just paying to play the game differently, you know? So it's the sense of like the sooner I get my characters to level 60, the sooner I can go after more difficult dungeons, which means I can get higher tier loot, which means I can give that loot to my weaker characters and level them faster because they're going to survive better. They're going to fight better. And th- the, the other thing for me, at least, you know, is, excuse me, in a game like this, it's free. There's no cost of entry. I didn't pay 60 or $70 to play raid shadow legends. I installed it. But on you my did computer. pay eventually though. No, but I paid, but that's the thing. So here's where I kind of have this differentiation is like, you know, where there's a game I'm really invested in like destiny. I will buy those expansions and stuff like that because I'm invested. I'm into the lore. I'm into the loop. And I want to see where that goes next. In the case of like a raid, I pay money because I'm genuinely enjoying the game and I want to get my characters stronger. And now I'm invested in leveling up these other characters. So the benefit of having my other characters be stronger is that I'll get these better drop rates on these higher level dungeons. So that way I can feed that into my weaker characters and build them up where what gets me is when you know it is these companies that want to have their cake and eat it too when they have the 60 or 70 dollar game and then they put these mechanics into it and uh, it's like yeah. hey Hundo here's P. here's fifa hey buy fifa for 60 dollars <sighs> also by the way here's a bunch of card packs sports games one of them has scummy. messy so <laughs> scummy dude and that's that's the stuff that really gets me. And like I'm willing to forgive a lot of it in free to play because the thing is, is with free to play, I think it's a lot easier to just be like, OK, I'm just not going to play it. You know, like uh, a Clash of Clans. I'm just not ever going to play Clash of Clans because I have played other games like it and I don't like the time gating. I don't mm-hmm. like having to wait. That's why I stopped playing Star Trek Fleet Command. I got into that in a big way for like two weeks. I put like 30 bucks into that. Um and Fleet Command shares a lot of the DNA with Raid Shadow Legends and kind of how it functions. It has like the same kind of events and stuff, like the weekly and daily challenges that you compete against other players. And I remember like I had a bunch of like early currency stuff and I spent all of it all in game currency. 
uh, to like win one of these challenges. And like, I saw the reward and I was like, Oh, that wasn't worth it at all. And I immediately uninstalled the game. Cause I was just like, okay, I don't think I want to play this anymore. Cause it's, it's time gaining me. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. I got to build this thing, but I got to upgrade this thing first. This thing's going to take 17 hours to upgrade, mm-hmm. you know? And like, that's the thing. And then like raid doesn't do that to me. And raid does have its lockout where it's like, you know, you can run out of energy and then you can't run stuff until you get more energy. Um, you know, and at that point, I can either choose to spend gems to refill my energy or I can spend money. And I have enough gems where that's not an issue for me right now. I can just spend the gems. But, you know, if it really got to that point where I was like broke and it was like, OK, well, I guess I'm just not going to play raid as frequently as I was before. You know, I think that while that's not incorrect and that that's that's true, but I think you also need to factor in the fact that these games are kind of built around like impulsive behaviors um, where you kind of reach that point where you're like, okay, it's just a little handful of gems. It's just a little handful of gems. And then kind of in the end, you know, by in an almost mathematical way, in a very rigid and experimented upon and perfected way, like these games have been doing this for a long time. Um, and I think that one of the reasons why Raid is so big and so powerful and able to pay for all of these advertisements is, um, well, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to get big if the basic game isn't fun. It's a fun game. That is yeah. important to note here. And that's like baseline. I have to admit that before I get into anything else. But I also think that it is so um, well formulated that it has such reach that if they just keep putting advertisements out there, they're just going to keep reaching impulsive people. And this game gets, you know, kind of impulsive behavior out of you. Who's not like an unhealthy impulsive person, right? You're thinking about it and you're being logical about it, but nonetheless, it's designed in a way that does make you act impulsively. Like the reason they're throwing out so many feelers constantly is because they're looking for people more impulsive than you who aren't going to be able to fight it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, that's an issue with with games. That's, that's not, you know, and I know you're not necessarily just pointing the finger at raid, but like that is not exclusively a raid issue. That is, I I just think raid is this, um, poster boy for it right now i would not i wouldn't say raid is the poster boy for it i would definitely i would point at the candy crushes i would point at the the clash of clans i would point at these time gated games that like literally stop you from playing them these games that are like that are so insufferable that you have to wait multiple days for this thing to finish or you could just spend some money Right, but I, and I that's what I think is obligated to spend devious money on raid. about. It's I, so I well designed. Like, yeah, no, but I have never felt like I need to spend money to get shit done in raid. I have never felt like that. My thing is, is if it's a good value and it will help me right now, I will spend the money. And my mm-hmm. thing is, is I did, you know, I, I did just reach a point where it's just like, okay, you know what? I, I, I just, my issue is I came to the realization of like, look, I'm in a position where I can do a lot of this stuff myself and I don't need to spend the money anymore. And so I'm not spending the money anymore, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and, you know, if if people are going to spend their money, the problem is, is you're never going to stop these mechanics because as long as people are spending money on them, as long as they have their whales, they make most of their money off of, you know, a couple thousand people. 
as long as those people are still spending the money and they see the value in it, however twisted that value may seem to them, then they're going to keep doing it. There's no incentive to stop. Right. And, and I think the important just because it's successful doesn't mean that it's right. I didn't say it was right. I didn't say it was ethical. I didn't say anything mm. like it. But the difference is how it trickles down to the rest of the experience. Yeah. Games go one of two directions, especially like mobile games and stuff like this. It becomes ultra predatory where it's like, okay, these people are spending this money. We just want people to spend money on our game. Loot crates. Yeah. And so that's the direction that that goes where it's all random chance or it's completely like if you don't spend money, you're not going to play this game for four days. Right. You know, that's one direction. The other direction, which I think is the better of the two. I'm not saying, you know, this is picking the lesser of two evils. Okay. But, you know, in this case, we're picking the I lesser see, of two evils here. Yeah. I, 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 I get where you're. It's like one direction this... is Donald Trump. And then the <laughs> other direction is whoever is running against Donald Trump. <laughs> That's actually a very good uh, metaphor. But so I'm choosing whoever is running against him. And <laughs> that's the one where like raid where it's like, hey, we have these things in here. They have their whales. They have their people who are going to spend money. But the best player in my clan has spent less than like $100 on the game. And I, you know, there are other people that have spent a lot more money than that who aren't doing as well as him because he's just a numbers guy. He gets the game, he gets into the nitty gritty and he enjoys kind of circumventing those mechanics. And that's part of the fun for him. But mm. the, the important part is raid does not feel like a game where you have to spend money. Raid will give you things every day. They will give you an energy refill just for logging in. They will give you like a free refill for a couple things. And they're just like, Hey, you know what? Here's a free gift. You get this every day. Every day you log in, you get like, you know, your login rewards. And on the 30th day, you get a free champion. Cool. But you know, these are valueless though. They, they can give as much. There is no reason why they can't give you. Well, I mean, other than profit, obviously, but there's no reason that they can't give you infinite energy you know you're right or give or, because they or want give to you present, four times that amount and they and could I, give you infinite energy but then they would have to charge you 40 dollars for the game right and, and, and i that's probably wouldn't have paid 40 dollars for raid shadow legends i feel Having that fun, yeah and that's the thing is in the context of what i understand about the game now that would be a poor decision on my part because i think raid shadow legends i think you could put raid shadow legends on a box you know put it on a shelf and charge 40 dollars for it and be like look infinite energy and not, you know everything else is the same, but we're going to give you unlimited energy for as long as you play the game. And you know what? I would pay forty dollars to play Raid Shadow Legends with unlimited energy. Okay, that's and, and I would do oddly that. enough, that seemed that that is less bothersome to me. But, but like, they make less money, and that's the thing yeah. is they make less money. It, they make more money if the game is free, and then. Right, because they're able to cash in on this kind of impulsive behavior, and like going back to like the metaphor that you said before, where and and I get where you're coming from, and actually you make a good point where it's like you know if this is going to be around, at least you'd rather have the less evil incarnation of it, right? You'd rather have the not Trump, but like at the end of the day, I also got to say you know just because Biden's not Trump, that doesn't necessarily make Biden you know no, but but what what we should be aiming for. But what I'm saying is, is, you know, online, you see a lot of people who talk about a lot of these predatory games and everybody's like, yo, this game sucks. It's blah, 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 blah. I don't see that around raid. What I see is a lot of people saying, hey, you know what? These ads are all over the place, but they take good care of their, you know, advertisers. Like they pay them well, you know, 
and you know hey you know people genuinely enjoy playing this game like i go on forums for this game i go on like subreddits and usually mm. like on destiny the subreddits are just people bitching and moaning about destiny all the fucking time <laughs> and it's just like i think destiny has one of the simultaneously one of the best communities of players because i can go into this random event and this dude just wants to run these master lost sectors and he just needs to get them done. And he just wants some random person to help him. And he barely speaks English, but we become friends just typing back and forth <laughs> as I help him run these things. Just mm. some random dude who shoots me a couple times and then looks at the flag. And it's just like, oh, you want to run that? Let's go. I'm done, but I'll help you because this is this is cool stuff. It's people sitting outside the rift at the whisper of the worm being like, hey, you know, messaging people. Do you need help clearing this? I've cleared it. I can help you. You know, mm -hmm. and it's shit like that, while at the same time being the single most ungrateful group of gamers to ever walk the face of the planet, because no matter what Bungie does, it's never good enough. <laughs> hey, we brought back trials. You took away like all these maps. Hey, we updated the rewards of trials. You got new armor, new weapons. Where's the new maps? It's been 624 days. Where's <laughs> the new maps? Hey guys, you know, we, we we're working on banning these people. Where's the anti-cheat? Guys, PC is very cut. Where's the anti-cheat? When are you guys gonna ban these people? When are you gonna release new crucible maps? Guys, if you played our seasonal content, it's really great. When would guys, so we're just a group of people we're trying to, you know, work a normal job and it, but where's the maps? I feel you. I feel you. Community manager just talking about his day is you know, like, yeah, I'm getting married soon. Where's new crucible maps? <laughs> bitch you have that i don't see that on the raid sub i haven't found that yet do you think the pricing structure is related to that i mean you know that's the thing is destiny is also technically a free game the only thing you're paying for is access to like the new story you're paying for access to the seasons you're paying for the expansion like if you buy you know, if you buy Forsaken, you get access to that campaign, you get access to that raid and that dungeon. If you buy Shadowkeep, you get access to that campaign, that raid, that dungeon. If you buy Beyond Light, you get access to Stasis, that campaign, that raid, that dungeon. Well, actually, no, they didn't have a dungeon for that one. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, you're you're clearly getting what you're paying for. And, you know, the, there there's an argument at this point about the value of, like, what, what are they charging Forsaken for at this point when it's just a campaign, a raid, and a dungeon um but you know they've gone back and updated that and that's the thing is you know people like people just bitch and moan and it's like hey you know do you sunset all these guns this sucks and then bungie's like hey we're bringing back those guns with new roles and stuff like that and everybody's just like well, what about my old ones mm -hmm. it's like you can't you can't use those those are gone because we had to get rid of you know that was its own problem but they reacted, they fixed it. But that's the thing is it wasn't fixed the way people wanted it. And so now they just bitch and moan about that. And it's like, they fixed it. Just shut up and just farm your new gun. You're complaining about not having anything to do in the game. Go farm this new gun. What are you going to do if they just give you the same gun? If there's a, here's your old gun and now you can power it back up. Great. What do I do now that I have it? There's nothing to fucking do. Bitch. Get the fuck out. Stop playing the game. If you're not having fun right I, I i feel the same way right like what why why waste your time just like i would much rather those people leave the game so i can find more of my dude from french canada who barely speaks english <laughs> but really wants to run these lost sectors and then it's like hey do you want to do this in very broken english and i say yes yeah and I use very simple <laughs> words so he can understand me
<laughs> and it's a memorable experience that I will carry with me for a long time because I will remember. I still remember like that whisper thing like three years ago. This happened three years ago and there's just this dude standing outside the portal and I have a buddy that I need to carry through. And he's like, hey, do you need help getting through this? I'm like, yeah, I've done it, but my buddy has never done it. He's like, cool, invite me to your team. Let's do it. And just mm -hmm. these people, like these guns for hire, just sitting outside because you can't give them anything for it. You can't trade in Destiny. You can't give them money. They're doing it to help the community. And I asked him, I'm like, dude, this is so incredible. I appreciate this. And he's like, I just want to help people get this gun. Yeah, just because I want enjoy more it. people. Yeah. I want more of those people. I, That's I the destiny agree. I want. Right. Like, and this turned into a destiny rant. That wasn't my intention, but I'm just throwing it out there. That's the destiny I know and love. That's the shit I want. You know, I, and I want a community that's like, you know, I want to be involved in a game with a community like that. Yes. Destiny used to be that. I, I hope to, it can I, be that yeah, way I, again like, someday. I don't know why people like get on these games and these communities just to spread toxicity. I just I don't get it. Like that's what that's what I want to say. I want to see cool people chilling having fun playing the game that's actually kind of and i guess i'm gonna just pivot further we'll just forget things from yeah. 15 minutes ago um <laughs> what i was kind of hoping sea of thieves would be like when i first yeah. i don't know if you ever got the chance to play that one i did i, was, and, I saw and my buddy the, dude i i saw my buddy he was streaming my buddy halo night uh he yeah. was streaming and it was like he was playing and this random ship pulls up and they're just like hey uh, I have to get off for the night. Do you want this loot? And they have all Ooh. these chests and they're like, I don't have time. Just come take it. <laughs> and they gave him all this loot. And he was like, why are you giving this to us? And he's just like, you know, I, I don't have what? time. And I'm like, why waste it? Why I could just give it to somebody who, who, who needs it or wants it, you know? Mm. And it was just something like that. And I'm like, that is so cool. Right. And that I've is had a like wholesome some moment. Of super amazing moments i'll never forget like uh this one moment i had where it was like just me and these little 13 year olds like me and three 13 squeaker overlords just like three squeaker overlords, eh, yeah. i don't know how to can you tell me how to play the game and they're all just like screaming yelling. And i just like took on this captainly role where like they were all like messing around they're like look you can play the drum and i'm like hey but i need you to put that drum away i need you to stand over here and lift this sail when i tell you to lift the sail you stand at the wheel and don't play around with anything go the exact heading i tell you and like i was actually able to like whip these little whippersnappers into shape it was actually like one of the most <laughs> memorable moments i've ever had i also have this other one where i was like playing with like some british guy and some australian guy who was just so drunk that like he couldn't like do anything but we we're all just like joking around and like talking about our countries because we were talking about just like uh uh it was like me a canadian an australian a brit and that, that was another guy like, sounds like a bad joke so, did yeah, you walk into a bar yeah we were, we're both like, <laughs> we were both all just like for the queen screw the americans it was just like it was having so much fun but then like for every like game of that like i had like 14 games of some guy just like there in the voice and then like harassing you or like people refusing to speak on their mics or like some yeah. guy who won't just like leave your lobby like it's just a headache it's to like, try to know, find decent people it, it's it's maybe a bad time to bring up this particular game but it happened a lot in like the early days of overwatch you know mm -hmm. it was like it was having that toxic teammate and then you know i, I remember one of the coolest things i ever did in overwatch is we uh -huh. were on defense, okay? 
and we had to defend to win. And this dude was just so toxic. We finally just got him to leave. Uh-huh. And it was me and like two other people. And I was like, no, fuck them. We're winning this. <laughs> and we defended our asses off to the final seconds. And we won. We oh, were man. down like three people. And I was like, no, we're winning. Let's go. It's just me and these random people. And they're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like they bought in and we won. And at the end, they're like, holy shit, we fucking won. Oh Feels my God. Good, man. Oh my God. And it's just like, you know, you fight the toxic people. And it's just like, no, fuck this team. We're better than them. Let's go. Right. <laughs> and like, you Dude, never play is... better than like when you know, like these people are bought in. And it's like, we got to do this. And everybody like they, there's that moment where everybody believes like, no, we can do this. We and you know, the Reinhardt's just out there swinging and I'm just shooting. <laughs> and I, then, like, there were times where I'm just healing. I'm like, yo, just stand on the point. And I'm like, Anna. And I'm like, just stand on the point. Ting, ting, boom. ting, 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 ting. <laughs> I'm just shooting desperately, throwing grenades. I'm jumping around the point, like throwing grenades, shooting people. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Ting, oh ting, 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 grenade. And then we win. <laughs> if only every moment in gaming could be like that, it would be a much more beautiful oh, world man. that we live in. Yeah, and it's like those moments are so incredible and you remember them forever. And, you know, it says a lot that, you know, a lot of the time, like, <laughs> we, had this one. we were running a raid in Destiny. So with an LFG group, we had this Russian guy who just, like, was awful at communicating. And he kept telling us to do something with a tank in this encounter. We're like, dude, we know how to do the encounter. He's like... No, no, no. Stand on tank for DPS. And we're like, no, dude, we don't need to do it. So we get to the tank and we get to the DPS. He's like, the fuck are you doing? You stand on tank for big DPS. You fucking stupid. And he's just fucking yelling at us in his cheap fucking $10 headset microphone. And he's just like, why are you fucking you stand on tank? It's fucking the tank. The tank is max DPS. And like that's what he sounded like, and I'm just making fun of him at this point because I'm just pissed off because he's he is loud in my ear, as I'm sure I just was for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just like, he's stunned on take for maximum DP, and so he leaves, and then we just fucking five man it. <laughs> the first attempt, we cleared the whole thing. Just like screw you and your tank and your big We're like, we don't DPS, fucking need that man. guy. We'll do this. We'll do this with five people. Like, let's fucking roll. This raid is easy, and we just did it. <laughs> just like this dude's just. He's got his head so far up his own ass. Right. Oh my <laughs> and God. he's seeing daylight out the other he's end. He's <laughs> seeing daylight. Oh, brother. <laughs> <sighs> fucking hell. Fucking well. hell indeed. Yeah, fucking hell indeed. Um, I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. Do you want to go through the, the news stuff or do you want to talk about some of your stuff? Uh, let's see. I got a chance to chat about quick thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, the the news about what has been going on, like about Activision Blizzard, is actually like yeah. Really we should up and, we should probably get that out of the yeah, way. I, I I am glad to see more action being taken against corporate, at least well, in this particular. As of this recording, there was a walkout. Yes. You know, so and the so let's just preface this for anybody who is not aware. Uh, and this 
Uh, Activision Blizzard was sued by California over widespread sexism and sexual harassment uh, for a pervasive frat boy culture uh, where there was a lot of issues of, you know, exactly what it sounds like, Uh, you know, not, you know, treatment of, you know, women, uh, especially women of color or transgender or, you know, uh, protected groups, um, you know, and it was throughout like top to bottom. It was, it was in the highest parts of upper management to the point where like HR would be more likely to take action against victims than the perpetrators. And apparently enough people finally got through to the state that the state filed the lawsuit because all contracts that you sign to become employed at Activision Blizzard have a clause that requires arbitration. So you cannot sue the company. So the state of California, a state that has historically not always been on the right side of justice, uh, made the right move and was like, well, if they can't do it, we'll do it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's refreshing. a refreshing uh, piece of litigation right there. It's almost like sometimes the system works. <sighs> Sometimes I, I, I wish you to could see, see it more. I mean, we'll also see how it system. plays out. Like, it's a, yeah. yeah, I know. But at least if thus far, it is tremendous to see the American justice system at work and working yes. as advertised. Um, and and just kind of like the outpouring of support. And I feel like there is some level of like kind of like ironic or implicit support of just like because people hate like the business practices of uh, uh, Activision. But like to actually see it getting so public and the story is being talked about uh and that the kind of developers and the lower level employees are taking direct action in the walkout and speaking out uh signing statements and releasing them to the press is really positive and i think um this could be the start of something kind of even larger than that where like there is just a lot of work condition issues for people in the video game industry and you know some people uh, yeah some some people don't really want to address it because they're like well as long as we're getting the triple a games and uh, maybe a lot of people also just kind of assume that because these triple a games will make so much money that everybody involved is a mustache twirling villain and it doesn't really matter if they have to work these stressful days as opposed to like the reality of what's going on where the um, distribution of the the proceeds is so kind of unfairly skewed toward corporate i think that if Activision Blizzard is, uh, I guess, unsuccessful. If the employees are successful in taking action against corporate, that it could lead to more visibility and uh, advancement on a lot of fronts that game developers need it. So Blizzard made a statement. And here's the biggest problem, okay? So Blizzard, as a corporation, has a responsibility to its employees. They have a responsibility to pursue pursue these things. Uh, And, and, you know, if somebody comes forward and says, hey, this thing's going on, they have an obligation to, you know, uh, deal with it. Early in their statement, they said the DFEH, which is uh, who is suing them, uh, that is the 
uh, Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Uh, the DE, uh, DFEH includes distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. Hmm. Um, and like they, there was another, I think like Kotaku had a good pull of this, but like they're like, they basically, Activision Blizzard basically called the people discussing this liars. Uh-huh. So they basically outright said like, no, they're wrong. These things aren't happening at Blizzard, even though they're very clearly happening. Uh, actually, yeah. it might be in this. Yeah, it was an internal memo. Because, I mean, yeah, what, it, what else do you expect them to say? Like, Well, I mean, I guess in some regard, what I would like to see them say is, like, clearly this is upsetting behavior from people within our company. We're immediately going to investigate and take action against them. Oh, here um, it is. But so, I Fran dream. Townsend. Fran Townsend, who uh, apparently is a former member of the Bush administration uh, and like handled like torturing or something. I don't know. Just some ridiculous thing. I'm not getting into that. Um, but she had some crazy job in the Bush administration. She called the lawsuit meritless in a strongly worded rebuke to Activision. Mm-hmm. Um, so Meritless. Despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Yeah, and I mean, I think that this is kind of what we're going to see. This is from the chief that... compliance officer, the person most responsible for ensuring these things don't happen in the workplace. When when there's so much money on the line and such prioritization of the profitability above everything, this is exactly what happens. And a lot of people will tell you, you know, if you've got a problem, it's always important to remember that HR works for the company and not for you. Because if they can protect people who are going to be useful to them, uh, they're always going to go for that. Always. But um, over 2,000 current and former employees uh, have signed uh, uh, signed on with a letter countering that statement. Uh, It's part of like the walkout that happened today uh, as of this recording. Um, So like there is a lot of current and former employees and a lot of current and former management that have come out and said like, yo, like this is, this is bad. And this is on us, you know, mm. like, uh, Mike Morheim, former CEO of blizzard, uh, came out and said like, I failed you, you know, women of blizzard, I failed you, you know, um, which is which an important admission on his part, but say, you yeah. know, it can't be easy to say, but it also was too little too late. Yes. If, if Agreed. you left the culture, because apparently from what I'm understanding now is this culture didn't just arise in the, you know, the 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 gold the later years of blizzard this is something that's been around even in the golden years of blizzard you know when they were a triple a triple a powerhouse um you know when everything they everything they released was a hit you know and this was pervasive during that time there's a video that came out recently reminding people it was a blizzcon uh like 10 years ago and uh, a woman went up to the mic and said you know when when are we going to see female characters in world of Warcraft that don't look like they came out of a Victoria's secret catalog and the all male panel, including Jay Allen Brack, who is the current CEO of blizzard replied to her saying, which catalog would you like us to pull them from? Yeah. Which is just kind of gross to think about. Can you imagine Sylvanas looking at the, any other way? 
right? You know, things like that. That's that, those are actual responses. Yeah, they're and, like and, we'll pull we'll pull from new, some new catalogs for our future expansions. <sighs> you know, and it's like it is the most bro answer possible. And the man who gave the first answer still works at Blizzard. And still it, works it, on the world. It's so WoW hard team. to think that like these uh formulative games in our past that like probably defined so many of us who might be listening to this as gamers <sighs> are so like fundamentally steeped in these problems. And you know, there's an old saying, if you love something, never find out where it came from. Uh and I found that to be true. Don't learn how the sausage yeah. is made. Don't learn how the sausage is made. I've found that to be true of so many things in my life. Um, and so it's just kind of not surprising to hear about all this as much as it is upsetting. And then to to make matters even worse and not to not to take away from the people that this harassment also affects, you know, tremendously, even multiple men have come forward saying that they have been sexually mm-hmm. harassed in the workplace. Uh, there was a game called Gay Chicken uh, where the first man to grab the other's junk won. Yeah. Which is it, it in like bro terms, it can be expressed as like such an in almost innocent thing. It's like, oh, yeah, we just all like each other. We just touch so each other's like dicks. Because it's funny, bro. You know, it's just fun. It's just fun, bro. What are you not fun, bro? But like, what, are you going to go to HR, bro? Speak, exactly. It speaks to this kind of fundamentally uh, ill level that like, they interact with it yeah you know and and like that's the shit like that's the things like people did that in high school and like i never got involved exactly did that in high school they do the sack tap you know and it's just like no i don't do that shit don't do it to me i'm not gonna do it to you like stay the fuck away from me don't touch my don't touch my business has no place in the professional work environment like you just you don't have a place in any environment just don't do it don't be stupid what kind of sick mind do you have where you're just like you know it'd be really fun baby and you know it'd be really fun What if we just smacked each other's balls a little bit? Come on, man. You in? Yeah, no. I'm going to sit this one out, I think. Bro. 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 It's like, bro, you going to go to HR, bro? Bro. Bro. All it's right. all Ross's fault, bro. Yeah. Fabian, <laughs> I know you have to bounce. I want to talk just one more quick thing. Okay. And Tell me. be done. Okay? I'm Could listening. We talked about this before the show. EA Play Live. Yes, I need, know, I need to know. I need to more about this. So this is kind of like a uh, their. It's conference. basically like what they would do for like E3. Okay. They did it on the twenty second. Does everybody need one of these now? Wasn't E3 like the only one of these back at some well, point? Like, why does, does everybody need their E3. own freaking conference now? Like, what is this? Because then they control the whole narrative. I know, but it's just so, like I don't have time. Like, I'll watch a Nintendo Direct. Uh, like, I yeah. don't know. Anyway, sorry. I'm yeah. Tell me this. Tell me this one was fine. This Mm -hmm. one was fine. Um, they showed they revealed at the top of the show Grid Legends, which is the first Grid game being released under the EA Sports banner. Uh, because Mm -hmm. EA now owns Codemasters. Um, they showed the new season of Apex coming out. Uh, Emergence. 
uh, a actually really cool looking game called Lost in Random, which is like an EA like original type thing. It's like an indie kind of game. Like they publish the like EA likes to publish like a lot of smaller games now. Uh, because they yeah, realize like that the AAA platformer? games can't just carry it. Yeah, but it looks Card like really game? cool. Yeah, it, it's like this dice game, but like it's an action mm. kind of platformer thing, and it looks like it's got a killer style, like a like a uh, what's his name, Burton, Tim Burton. Oh yeah, like a Tim Burton. Kind yeah, of, it's, it's got um... that Tim Burton kind of vibe to it. Um, EA's like surprise success story of the year, Knockout City, got a season two announcement with new cosmetics okay. and stuff like that arguably the second biggest announcement of the whole show here uh in some case in some ways maybe the biggest announcement battlefield 42 portal uh what if i told you you could make a mode in battlefield 2042 in which four future super soldiers not super soldiers but four fully decked out 2042 soldiers could take on an army of 32 world war ii soldiers that actually does sound pretty fun. What if I told you you could have a game mode where 32 EOD bots try to destroy a tank? Hmm. What if I told you you could do knives versus defibrillators <laughs> across <laughs> classic Sounds maps pretty... from Battlefield 1942, Bad Company 2, and there was one other, I think, Battlefield 3. Huh. Uh, yeah, so Portal basically lets you set your own rules for matches in Battlefield. So you can have, like, you know, you can have World War II soldiers, modern-day soldiers, slightly, you know, near-future soldiers all in the same match doing different things. You can make your own rule sets. You can make all these crazy things happen. You can basically make your wildest dreams come true in Battlefield. And that is going to be included at launch in 2042. And I think that's probably one of the coolest things any of these major AAA shooters have done in years. Yes. And I think kind of leaning into this fun, like I'm watching this trailer right now. I feel like leaning into this fun factor is so the right decision. Oh yeah. Um, I think we this just, this is going to give the game longer legs. The wartime shooter has just become so omnipresent that it just doesn't move us anymore. Yeah. You know? And I think like this is what people want. And it's also why people loved Battlefield. People love, you know, going up 90 captures, degrees in an airplane, yes. jumping out, ejecting, firing a rocket in another airplane so that a piece of debris lands under you and then you ride it like a surfboard and steal someone's tank. Like it's. Do you see they had that in the reveal trailer for 2042? D- yeah. The, the jumping out of the cockpit and shooting a plane <laughs> with a rocket. They did yeah, that. And the just, guy it's who become did official that, canon no, now. The guy who did that in Battlefield watched the trailer and he lost his shit when he realized <laughs> they took they did his scene in the trailer. He's like red, he's screaming, he's like, Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's actually so fun. I liked it. You know what? When yeah. I saw that this is when I saw you link this, that this was just gonna be I expected kind of EA corporate nonsense. This no, is not, it this was hosted a solid by Xavier list. Woods. Yeah. Yeah, WWE's own. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the biggest reveal, though, is undoubtedly EA Motive's remake of Dead Space. It's yes. finally official. It's finally Oh, wait, happening. so this is a remake of the original? Of Dead the Space? original Dead Space. Oh! So they said they're going to be making some changes to the game. They're going to, like, take elements. So they said there's no microtransactions. They got right out in front. Ooh. They said we're not doing any of that. But they talked about like the zero gravity segments in Dead Space 1 where you just kind of teleported point to point like you just kind of jumped across a room. They yeah. said stuff like that. We improved on that in Dead Space 2 and 3. And they're like, it only makes sense to take those elements and bring them back. 
So they're going to improve elements that could that have been improved throughout the franchise. They're going to bring those back to the first game. They said that they're going to make some potent like some they're going to keep the same core story, but they might make some changes along the way. That's like, hey, you know, this thing happened in a later game. Wouldn't it be cool if we could hint at that in this game? You know, mm-hmm. uh, they also said they might include some previously cut content that was technologically not possible at the time. Hmm. This so this is a fine line to walk when you're doing something like approaching um, Dead Space, which is kind of notable as it. I think Dead Space. It's so hard to create a good original property these days, and Dead Space really did it. Like, they really captured its own kind of cosmic horror. Like, not that cosmic horror has never been done before, but like, Dead Space is its own thing, you know? But in the online gaming age, like from the 360 PS3 on, let's say, I think this is EA's most notable single player game. Yes. Without question, Dead Space is their claim to fame. Yes. Yes, and and universally and loved, time, and for good reason. So well universally paced. loved, universally praised. It, 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 it's 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 oppressive. Its atmosphere is immaculate, scary. and it is so well captured. Yeah. This trailer, the sounds, the vibe, just indicates to me that like they get it. Yes, and, and that's they apparently what I was have say. some previous visceral staff. There's a lot of people who are pointing out the very true fact that yay, shut down visceral. Mm-hmm. probably long before this project became a reality. Um, and I'm not trying to defend EA, excuse me, but they do have previous dead space staff on this. Like, uh, I think dead space Two's like, uh, director is on this team or like one of the main designers for dead space two is on this team working on the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think this is a great opportunity for them because let's be real. Like, Horror games are at an all-time high right now, and Resident Dead Space yeah. kind of came out and ate some of Resident Evil's lunch. At a time where Resident Evil was getting more action, Dead Space brought true horror to the screen. You know, and and, and it, it, it it yeah. I I think this is a great opportunity for them to kind of remind everybody, like, yo, we made one of the greatest horror games of all time. We're gonna remind you of that because Dead Space is one of the greatest horror games of all time. And I will and, not. I will not have an argument yes. against it. Yeah, and, I'm not and saying it's the greatest, n- but I'm saying it is one of. I agree. I agree completely, and that's why I feel like this is walking line because I totally agree with you. I see this trailer, and I see uh, at least an advertisement team that gets it. This trailer understands why we liked Dead Space. Yes, but it's also Dead Space isn't that old, um, mm. and well, it is very easy. Old for a bit it, it, it's not, it's not young it's not, it's not, not young chicken. but it's not it's not it's not out of its cycle it's still i would say dead space is still relevant it like see i feel I, like I would the disagree. right i i would disagree only because of how three was received three was the worst selling of the dead space games it was also the worst received of the dead space games much right, all but, of that is on ea okay. yeah all of that is mm. on EA, but I'm just saying Dead Space peaked at two. And frankly, I still think one is the best game in the series. I would, I think I, my backing goes to Dead Space one. Um, yeah. But like my thing is like Dead Space one is still a game that people point at. They say this game still revered, did yes. it right. Yes. Uh, and other games need to learn from. I think that the right time for a remake is 
pretty much immediately after you fall out of that discussion. Like, um, for example, I thought when the uh, Star Trek remakes came out that they were appropriately timed. I felt like they caught the right time that Star Trek had. Obviously, we all know Star Trek, but it just Star kinda, Trek had been it done just, on TV and yeah, everything. Yeah, it just fell out of everybody's Nobody memory. And like now, Trek. it's ready. It's ready. Yeah. You know, I don't know that Dead's. It could be ready. This could be a love letter that comes out amazing, but it could be something that someone who really loves Dead Space 1 plays and is like, okay, I don't know why this needed to exist. No, so I think Dead Space is right on the edge of that because Dead Space is being buried by a a Resident Evil revolution Mm -hmm. because Resident Evil 2 Remake is basically... Dead Space, but Resident Evil. Yes. Because they, it, it takes... What You're was the one wrong. thing everybody said when Dead Space came out? It's like Resident Evil 4, but you can move while you shoot. Which You're made not it better. Wrong. You know? I, yeah. And then Resident Evil does that now. Resident <laughs> Evil 7 is one of the most horrifying horror games of all time. Resident <laughs> Evil 8 is a game of the year contender. I think talking about Dead Space right now is the perfect time because everyone okay. horror games are at an all time high right now yeah, in terms okay. of like triple a horror. Like this is the time, you know, you got the dark pictures anthology, which I'm not a big fan of, but you got those games coming out every year or so kind of keeping that going horror. Triple a horror is at an all time high right now and everybody is investing in it. And the thing is it's selling resident mm-hmm. evil is selling millions of copies because the they fact figured that it's amazing out the is, formula the yeah, fact that it's, into it's that, it, that it's amazing helps i still need to play it but it's like it's still a thing of like it's a horror game and horror games don't usually have that mass appeal that was part of like with dead space one they made decisions in dead space two because people didn't finish dead space one because it was too scary yeah. i think you make that game again and i think from here you make a new dead space two you make a new series of Dead Space. Mm. And what oh, you yeah. don't do is you don't keep making it about Isaac Clark. I yeah. think the problem yeah. they made, and Dead Space 2 is a great game. Yeah. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but yeah. it is not a scary game in the same yes. way that Dead Space 1 was. Yes. I think what you do from here is you make Dead Space 1, you tell Isaac Clark's story in a fantastic new way, and then you pivot. And you do another Dead Space, maybe with a subtitle, something like that, about a different character in a different setting with its own stuff happening, you know? And I think you kind of take that idea and run. I think you kind of almost do. Yeah, I I think you almost do kind of like what Resident Evil is doing. And maybe you have two different things. It may be like, I think it'd be cool if they did like a co-op Dead Space game, not as part of a Dead Space, but like its own experience. Yes. And I'm not talking like Left for Dead Space, but like I'm saying something like you make a co-op game that is built around, hey, you know, we don't have to finish the story of Isaac Clark and make a co-op game. Let's make a really cool co-op horror game. I and agree. that can be this Dead Space game. And then also we're working on this other isolated horror Dead Space game. And then the EA gets kind of the best of both worlds. They get their game that they can kind of service if they want. But, like, you have to support it if you're going to do that. But you keep the mainline Dead Space experience, this single-player, isolated, horrific experience. And then everybody's happy because I would play the shit. I loved Dead Space 3's co-op. I loved it. I played it multiple times. There was something about that game that just, they did a great job making Dead Space co-op. The problem was they lost too much of Dead Space already. 
Yeah. I'll, they kind of lost the dead. Yeah. At that point, it just kind of became a shooter. The beginning part of that game is really good. When you're on the ships, though, that's a, a decently was, fun that was, one. That was spooky. That's the mm. thing is Dead Space is at its best when you're when you're in like an environment that you feel like a claustrophobic kind yes. of desolate, isolated you act, location. You felt powerless in De- Dead Space 1. And, and that that's is, what Dead Space 2 lost a little yeah, bit. Being on some, that station, it felt too big, too open, too spacious. And, and it's hard to cook that up in a video game environment because, like, obviously, like, you don't want permadeath because, like, you know, people want to play your game. They don't want to die five minutes in and then not be able to play. But then because you can keep respawning, it's also so hard to keep this sense of, like, is it scary? Like, yeah, maybe the first couple times you die, it's spooky. But then you're like, oh, wait, this is just a regular game. I can just run through this, you know? Um, yeah. And, and Dead Space 1, like, really used those themes and motifs in a way that was new at its time and i think maybe maybe they 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 can really create something beautiful here because of that i I Um, would really like you know that game gtfo you've probably heard of it it's like a it's kind of like a left it's like a scary thing's chasing you for several levels and you're like just running away from it right no that's fear three Mm. that's a bad game we don't talk about that uh gtfo was a four-player co-op game um it came out like in early access like two years ago i played i didn't care for it it's like a melee focused game that has guns it's supposed to be kind of like an alien vibe um you're like these prisoners sent into these underground facilities and like you're overwhelmed and it's like you're gonna you're gonna die unless you do everything perfectly uh it was one of the coolest things they ever did is like you had to actually type on the terminals to like hack them so like you could type in commands into the terminal like find location you know this okay find this uh, you know and you're typing in the terminal and the terminal is returning results so like it's not just like a you know you walk up to a terminal hold a button and it just pops the stuff on the screen you're mm-hmm. actually like interacting it was really cool that was the coolest thing in gtfo i didn't like oh. anything else about it <laughs> i want them to take that concept though of like these isolated very overwhelmed kind of people and take a group of engineers and like hey you got to fix this shit but something's wrong down there good luck and I want that, but dead space. <laughs> I That's what that. I want. It's like this, like uh, almost like oppressively difficult, very precise kind of game where it's just like, if you do it right, you're rewarded because you're, they need to encapsulate that feeling that like, you're not a soldier, you're an engineer. And that's also what dead space two yes. and three lost is they made yes. Isaac too much of a soldier. Yeah, you just became dead space one. He's just an engineer. He got his fucking plasma cutter. That is it. Right. My man and has just that so and nothing else. He needs all the help he can get. <laughs> he doesn't have assault rifles and shit and cutting edge armor. He's got it, whatever the shit he came on the ship on and a couple upgrades. That's it. Exactly. My man needs help. <laughs> um, oh, poor Isaac. But yeah, uh, that, there's so much. There's so much they could do with Dead Space. And I just really want them to, to do it. And I hope it starts with this. And I don't want to give them like too many ideas of like, oh yeah, what are we doing to co-op? You know, don't do it unless it feels right. Don't just start making Dead Space games for the sake of making Dead Space games. Only make a Dead Space game if it's worth it. Yes. And I'm hoping the fact that EA is making this, EA, you know, with with the announcement of like Skate 4 and stuff like that, I think EA is finally realizing, okay, we've got to do some good by our existing fan base because all they have is the sports games right now. Yeah, and it does it does look like that. It looks like this is 
reasonable that they they're 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 pulling out some good stops and i'm eager to see what comes of these i when you first told me that you're gonna discuss some ea announcements with me i did not have that same confidence that i do now those sound like really cool things to look forward to it sounds like ea might be trying to straighten some shit out let's hope ea you know also straightens some shit out behind the scenes so they're not the next activision blizzard let's hope ea takes a long look in the mirror and is like you know what let's tackle this stuff now before it becomes a lawsuit yeah yeah uh arbitration clauses are bad and they (laughs) only protect companies they don't protect people yes I think that is uh, the half gen yeah. podcast. Yeah, I Fabian. think that's a that's a great place to end it. Hundred percent agree. Let that one sit on you. Baby, <laughs> thank you so much for being thanks here. So much as always, my having. friend. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You'll have to have me back soon so I can uh, unload some steaming a pile of opinions about the Steam Deck, which we never got Hell to. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll get to that though. Don't you worry. So be sure to have me back. I'm. Uh, it's always a joy. You are always welcome. You are always welcome. That's been a, a standing invitation for a long time. You are always welcome in the house of half gen. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. We will catch you on the next one. Have a good one. Bye-bye. We love you.